Welcome to another episode of Lifelong Learner. This is the Out of Class Edition with Ben, Janesh, and Matt. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lifelong Learner. Welcome, Matt. Welcome, Ben. How are you doing? Mate, good to see you. Good to see Maddie. Good to see Maddie's back in Australia for a little bit. Good morning, right. boys. Right, so you've back, been back for a couple couple weeks, three weeks now? Three weeks. How's it, how's it been since landing? back kind of working on a project and coming back and everyone's sometimes like you're like has anything changed since i left how's how's it all been i was saying before the weather's changed it's cold That's yeah been really, it's been really good it's um it's yeah i think um it's nice kind of rebounding between two places where you've got people at either end because um yeah i don't mind i like traveling but never-ending travel you don't get any depth and this way it feels really good because i get connection at both ends and you get people missing you at both ends hopefully and you get people looking forward to having you back at both ends and it's quite a nice yeah it's quite it's really nice Nice. are you feeling popular yeah it's created this perfect illusion of people (laughs) like you Mm. but also you get trapped in this gratitude cycle because you're you know there's so many things that First world countries are better than third world countries at like organization, um, efficiency, um, often like just basic things that you take for granted, like um, cleanliness as well. Like I really notice that when I come back to Melbourne, particularly, it's a very clean city. It's nice. Um, things work. Um, so around about the time I'm starting to get frustrated with Indonesia, things not working, then I've come back and I get to see my friends and you know beautiful partner and my parents and and you get really grateful for yeah things that work and efficiency and if i need something i can order online or i can go to the shop i don't go to a shop have a conversation with a guy he tells me to go to another shop having a conversation with him he tells me to go to another (laughs) shop i spend a whole day just trying to get a set of tires um and then around about the time that i start to get over the well at this point it's the, the cold i've got something you know, somewhere warm to look forward to and go back to. So, yeah, really, mm-hmm. really blessed and feeling great. That is when you land in Melbourne and you get the airports, it's nice to be in, to hit, hit the airport, but then when you get out and you get into your car and you start driving along the, the highway there from the Melbourne airport and then you go under the arches, you know, as you're coming back in through the city, it's like, oh, it's clean. And yeah. it's like, you know, there's just something, it's like, ah, oh, good to be back out of the madness. Good to be able to have a conversation with someone where you don't have to, you know, speak. So, mate, I am looking for tyres, motor, motorbike, mo- motorbike, like having <laughs> having to talk like that. I The problem is that you do for a few days until all your friends are like, Dude, I don't know what's happening <laughs> to you, but the longer you go away, the slower you get. <laughs> but I have, as a result of that very conversation that you're describing, I've got really good at that, at um, speaking bloke, broken, in- bloken? broken bloke English. Bloken English, mate. <laughs> and gesticulating and, and, and I can communicate really well, right? Like we know communication, 55% is, is nonverbal. So I'm getting by. But I have come to the realization after nearly 10 years, 
I just need to learn the language. Like, what am I doing? So, <laughs> or just I yell. Am, the key is to yell. They understand you more when you yell, when you raise your voice. There's a language to learn there and it will make it easier and I can stop. Hopefully, it'll take away some of the frustration. I'm sure that that's at least 50% my fault. I've been there for a long time and I can still maybe only speak 100 words. But I've been practicing. Have you guys tried Duolingo? Yes. Yes. I was going to ask you, uh, have you started taking some lessons on that? Uh, I'm on a 28-day strike, boys. Mm. Go me. There you go. What can you, what can you say? Um, what can I say? Can you say, uh, good morning, boys? Good to see you. Um, yeah. Salamat pagi. Apa kabar? Good morning, boys. You'll know that. That's that's Bali. <laughs> that's Bali basics. Yeah, that's it. That's it. What uh, else do you want? Come on, test me. Um, do you want this water? I like water. No, that one's an easy one. Okay. Uh, I would say. Don't give me something hard. I'm on twenty-eight days. How do uh, I? How do I get to bike tires? Yes. What'd you say? Mate, if I want to buy some motorbike tires. Have you got size 23? I want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Slowly, step by step. Nice, nice. Benny, mate, I'm curious. It's been a couple of weeks and for the listeners, it'll be a little longer because there's an episode between our last ones. Uh, what is the update with little Brom? <laughs> Bromley. Well, I I go to a coffee place uh, on Wednesday mornings, and uh, now regularly on a Wednesday morning, I get uh, a uh, large latte with double shot vodka. Um, <laughs> uh, so, look, actually, Brom is good. We've just been away. We went to a run festival on the weekend, camper trailer, uh, Bromley. Uh, and it went really, really well. He's How'd actually he go out there. He's actually a really good boy. He actually slept through the night, uh, which you is the first time. Actually, which makes me think you're convincing yourself. He's actually a lovely boy. He is. He is actually a really. <laughs> he's actually a really, really good boy. He had a rough night last night. Uh, decided to bark, and we let him. We did control crying with him. Um, so he woke <laughs> up. He woke up exhausted this morning. And uh, all he wanted to do was cuddle and uh, and go back to sleep once I got him up. But um, but look, he's he's a, he's a good boy. It is all consuming. Um, it, you know, every every piece of your conversation and every moment is like, where's Brom? What's Brom doing? Um, so it is. Uh, you know, it's like having a baby in the house again. Um, uh, but you know, that's that's good, mate. He's big. He put on two kilos in the first week from week eight to week nine and then two and a half kilos last week from week nine to week ten. So he's he's uh he's weighing, weighing in twelve and a half kilos at the moment at uh at ten weeks of age. Um, what's he eating? Uh, he, yeah, he has three decent sized meals a day and uh he's he just eats and sleeps, basically. Um, he seems like human standards. Don't dogs just eat morning and dinner? No, when they're pups. So the, oh. apparently, and listeners, the puppy expert listeners, feel free to write in. And... 
tell us where we got it wrong or I got it wrong. But um, uh, I read feed your puppy as much as he wants to eat. Uh, don't try and um, keep your puppy lean because he's growing heaps and otherwise you can compromise their growth and development. So, But you should always be able to see that last rib uh, on the dog, but don't try and keep your dog lean. So, last we, rib, that's good. No, yeah, just but on pups anyway. You want to be able to just see that last rib, but you, it's okay for them to be a little bit fatter, um, and uh, and make sure they've got plenty of food. So, so he gets a good, good, good food, and um, he's he's good, mate. He's um, it's it's good, it's good. Uh, there's a bit of a juggle this morning. Yeah. Mate, you know, I'm going to pause you there, mate, and people call me out on this all the time when you say it's good three times in a row. It's not clearly good because you're trying to, like, convince people outside of you and you're trying to convince yourself, like, it's good. Yep, it's good. Mm, yeah, let me think well, about that one more time. Yep, mm, it's good. The, the message from the brain, he's going back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Good. It's good. Good. It's good. good. Look. Have you got your mornings back at we, least? We want authenticity here, Ben. This is what this station is famous for. Authenticity, vulnerability, I, and look, honesty. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i a selfish boy. And I <laughs> my, own, my own space and my own, my own things. And uh, so, as you know, my, I've talked about this before, my mornings are sacred. So, look. How is that going? Look, it's going pretty well. Um I've had this crazy, for those that are on visual, uh, this crazy infected eye um, for two weeks. And so that's made it pretty tough when you wake up and you've only got one eye to see out of. Um, <laughs> um, and so, this, dog, this dog just wants to cuddle and you need to keep your eye clean. How'd yeah, you go with that? Correct. Yeah. So there's all that going on. Uh, you know, there's just, just business, you know, challenges. There's eye, there's dog. It's like the perfect storm. And <laughs> so taking all those things into consideration. Good. It's good. Makes sense. It's good. Let's and if I didn't have a, a dodgy eye and, you know, some team challenges, uh, then I'd say he's great. Mate, you are looking a lot more upbeat uh, now than two weeks ago. On the mm. on on for those that are can uh, that are watching, uh, yeah, you're looking. What's changed? I know it was probably new challenges then, and now you're probably still the same and acclimatizing to them potentially. But what's changed in the last two weeks? Oh, mate, you should have seen me two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, I think the big change is I can see out of my my left eye uh, today. What? So I I didn't I haven't seen you in week. So Maybe. listeners, um, Ben was a pirate for the last week, and he could only see out of one eye. You sent me a video, and I was really hoping the, the one that you sent me back after I said a pirate, you would have actually taken me up on that and put an eye patch on for your eye. Right, so fill us in the saga with your eye. Well, okay, a little bit of anatomy, uh, listeners. You got your eyelid, and at the front of your eyelid, eye. you got eyelashes. Yeah, here we go. Eyelid, eyelashes, tucked in behind the eyelashes are a couple of rows of glands. There's two types of glands in there, but one of the glands, I'm going to get, I'm going to get this wrong, melob melobium glands, 
Uh, you got 50 on the top lip, 25 on the bottom lip. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, those little glands secrete an oil. And that oil coats the surface of your eye and allows the tears to kind of stick to the surface of your eye from the tear ducts and help with the lubrication across the surface of the eye, keep it smooth. Well, a couple of weeks ago when we picked up Brom, he scratched across my left eye and that scratch got a little infected. That little bit of infection blocked up the malobium, whatever they're called, glands, and they decided to keep secreting oil, but we'd know where to come out. And so the oil builds up in your eyelid and you end up with this huge big lump that is also infected and inflamed uh, and nasty, right? And so for the last two weeks, I've just had this oozing, oily pus coming out of my left eye um, and the eye has been so swollen uh, and sore that it's just pretty much just been closed. So that uh, that's after two weeks is yesterday for the first time the eye was kind of open and it's starting to feel like it might be getting better. But I did, it, I, did I was saying to Janesh earlier, I, I did have an appointment booked yesterday and went and saw an ophthalmologist to actually have the gland surgically removed because once it gets to a certain point, sometimes the only way you can get it fixed is remove the gland. And I woke up yesterday and my eye was a little bit better and I think it was the threat of, of having the gland removed. My body's gone, fuck, let's do something about this overnight. Um so uh, anyway, so mate, I'm heading in the right direction, but it has been, you know, it's been a challenge. And and <clears throat> I shared with um, one of my groups last week when I was younger, and I got got crook for whatever reason, a cold or you know something, a cut. Uh, I just kept doing what I would normally do, and I would say to my body, body, sort that shit out, take care of that. I got I got work to do. I got things to get sorted. I got blah blah blah. And my body would just, in its own, you know, in its own way, get it all sorted. What I've noticed is that as I've got older, I can't just delegate that to my body. I actually need to participate in the healing process. And that I actually need to stop. I need to rest. I need to, you know, change my nutrition. I need to do whatever. I actually need to participate in the healing process. Whereas when I was younger, I, I just I didn't have to. Uh, I could just let my body do its thing. Uh, have you guys noticed that yet, that you've actually got to participate? Or are you still in the phase of my body will sort it out, I'll just keep soldering on? No, no, I'm definitely, I have to participate now if I want to go quicker. I can't just solder on. I, I try to. I think this year I have not. Uh, previous years I have. And I pay the price later. Like either something's more injured, uh, it prolongs it. Um, but yeah, now, now, yeah, now I do. I do. I think was it last week? Last week was a little under the weather, and I had to make like in my head was like I got to make instantaneous changes. But then your head go, uh, like your logic part of your mind goes, why am I doing those things all the time anyway? Um, but yeah, I have to like, um, like more water, greens, like just a green smoothie every day and like super dense veggies and all that getting through my body and all right, how do I kick this, uh, and taking and knowing 
what are my main things for that day and go, does this really matter? Do I just need to sleep? Do I need to have a nap here? Do I? Um, but in, yeah, when I think of, when I say it out loud, I'm like, why am I doing that all the time? Mm. Probably because I probably think I don't need to. Um, but yeah, no, I have to. Otherwise, it's like, oh yeah, I'll probably still be under the weather now. Mm. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think I'm on the cusp now. I hate to admit it, where I think I need a little bit more conscious effort. Like I had my um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I had my ankle. That was two years. Like they told me, oh, you know, the, the classic. You might not do those things again, which fired me up. I'm like, I'll show you. Um, but I had to consciously. If I hadn't done the work on that, yeah, I, I'm still in pain now. Like I find that it's it's just moved from one ligament to the next ligament to the next ligament to the next ligament, and I've just been chasing it with a little bit of physio, just trying to. So I think if I hadn't been an adult about that and I just left it up to the body, yeah, done. And little, oh, Indo's hard to tell though because it's just so prone for infection there that the slightest little cut, it's pretty much now for me it's a guaranteed, that belief probably doesn't really help. But, (laughs) yeah, the smallest cuts seem to get infected and they take a long time to heal. You have to you can't really go in the ocean. The ocean cleans it, but it just ulcifies and you get these deep holes. So yeah, I agree. Now I'm conscious a little bit more. A little mm. bit more um deliberate with my first aid too. Like when I was a kid, whatever. You just let it bleed. It'll coagulate and it'll fix itself exactly like you described. Whereas now I'll literally pull out a little thing and I never would have done that five years ago, even. So yeah, conscious, more conscious now for sure. Mm. All right, Benny, just coming back to your eye, right, when it was closed and you are, uh, oh well, what what did you change? What, oh, well, before I ask you this had question, that too. Like, yeah. I, I get that quite regularly. Like once every six months, I get I call it a sty. I don't even know if that's what it is, but the whole yeah. eyelid blows up, and I had like a white pimple right on the, and it's so painful. Mm. So there is a sty. It's different. Sty is an infection of the eyelash, which is painful, Um, whereas this is a blocked gland, which you might be getting too. Uh, And the key is to um, keep your eyelashes clean, you know, because sometimes we get some flaky, you know, sometimes you might wake up and you're just a little bit crusty, a little bit, you know, like the first thing in the morning. You got to make sure you clear that away. Clear that bit of crust away if you've got that crusty. It's called blepharitis. It's a little bit of inflammation or irritation of your of your follicles on your eyelashes, um, which is no big deal. But you know, if it's kind of left, you can end up with that blockage. Um, anyway, um, what was your question, Janesh? Uh, what did you alter? What did you change to well, manage yourself? There must be some antibiotics in there for an infected eye duct. There must be some, are you doing hot press? They, they would have told you hot press, salt, hot press, as much as you can. And you're like, well, it fucking work. So what yeah. do you want me to do? Be hot pressing every second? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hot hot compression. So it kind of softens the, so what it does is the, the oil um, coagulates it. Um, hardens thickens uh so you put the hot on so it melts the the fats 
so it comes out easier. And then you slightly just milk the eye. Oh, I probably sounds, over-milked it because I ended sounds up... Sounds lovely. I ended up blood <laughs> milking out. <laughs> I might have got a bit over overzealous. Um, but, yeah, the, the antibiotic lotion and the dreaded the dreaded oral antibiotics. Um, uh, so so all that. And then and then rest, mate. I went through the entire Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> or trilogy, whatever it is, the three trilogies. Um, which was uh, which was good. Uh, relaxing back on my chair. Oh, speaking of Brom and relaxing on my chair, I've got this very beautiful leather recliner from some Sweden, Scandinavia, you know, fancy pantsy chair with all the hydraulic electric tilting and all the cool stuff. So I'm fully tilted back, legs up, right back, watching the show. Um, Brom's mucking around. We've now got him off leash because he was on leash for the first week and a half. Now we let him, you know, Ro- Rome. Mistake, Rome. Anyway, very quiet, very quiet. Uh, he must be asleep under my chair. Well, oh, no. it's time to get up. I hit the, hike, the button. Chair's not, chair's not coming back down again. What's going on? Oh, it must be out of battery. He's oh, chewed the wire. He's he's been under there and he has done a bit of chewing but unplugged. He's pulled the wires all out and uh That's yes. Better than chewed is well. It's better than chew. Better than chew. chew. There's chew. So don't tell Michelle, but what I did afterwards is uh, I got hot paprika and and a little bit of oil. Hop made this paste. You put it on all, all the wires. I painted all the wires with hot paprika paste. <laughs> so, uh, so if he goes to put his nose under there again, he's gonna he's gonna have some hot paprika. Um, and yes, please feel free to write in animal people about naughty things. Um, he's gonna end up developing a real love for hot paprika. He's gonna stop <laughs> eating his food and be like, "Come on, give me more." Where's the chili? Where's the chili? Um, so what, what was I doing in the chair though last week? Uh, I actually took three days off last week because it was just so miserable and watched Star Wars um, and chilled out in the chair and when I say I watched it, sort of one eye closing, listening to Star Wars, watching a bit of Star Wars, etc. Um, but, mate, it's, it's George Lucas, right? Really interesting how he's brought so much of that Eastern philosophy into... Um, the Star Wars trilogy and the whole idea of the Force mm. and good and evil and the dark side. Um, and the gist of it is, when was the last time you watched Star Wars, boys? I reckon during COVID. I think I oh. did. Um, yeah, I think I watched I probably, yeah. watched one or two, but no, never. Well, the last time I watched them all in a row, split across like, Two different decades, probably. <laughs> mm. I know. It's, well, so, it, I mean, it's really interesting. So, Lucas, when he first released Star Wars 1, it was called Episode 4. Yeah. You know, like, to think that through, to go, I'm going to call this Episode 4, because there wow. must be three episodes before, before it. But this is the first Star Wars, right? So, it goes Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 6, and then it goes back and we do episode one and then episode two and then episode three. And then we go forward and do episode seven, eight, nine. That's how they were released. And that's 
because he didn't have the technology to do episode one, two, <laughs> three at the time. Was that the? Well, I I, I think there was. A, I my, to be honest, I haven't looked it up, but I reckon he's he's thought Something this like and more than the technology. Because I got to be honest, episode one, two, and three, the tech, the I, you know the um the what is it called? Um, the special effects. Hmm. Yeah, rough. I reckon probably rougher than the original Star Wars. Anyway, episode one uh, is Anakin Skywalker is discovered. Of course, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. So we go right back to the beginning, way before Luke, etc. We're now sort of Obi-Wan, you know, where he's first coming into his own and we've got this Anakin Skywalker. Anyway, Anakin Skywalker is discovered. He's got, you know, the, the Jedi realises that he's got this incredible force in him, brings him to the Jedi Council. And uh, he says, you know, I want to train this young um, young boy to be a, my Padawan, you know, my my apprentice and a, and a Jedi. And um, Yoda uh, looks at him and he says, you know, oh, there is much fear in this one. There is much fear in this one. And, of course, fear is the thing that turns you to the dark side. When you, If you have the force and you have fear, you move more to the dark side. And I thought that was really interesting because if we look at – any human behaviour that is unresourceful, anger, uh, frustration, um, um, blame, excuses, you know, all that all that behaviour that's really can be unresourceful, it's all fear-driven. It's mm. all fear-driven. People behave badly around fear. So I thought that was really interesting that, that he labelled the dark side and the use of the force that it it turns you to the dark side when there is fear inside of you. Mm. Um, and I think about that, and I, you know, I was thinking about the times when I probably have to behave badly, and, and it's fear driven. Mm. Mm. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah we we actually um, I don't know now what are we we're twenty twenty three now probably five years ago. I ran a program called Fearless, and it was the notion of making decisions out of fear or making decisions out of love. And a lot of that premise of that program was things came out of that fear, like unresourceful, all the things that you go, whoa, and it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So if you continue to, to make decisions out of that, your mind, your head, the people around you all justify those reasonings because, like, you look around, a lot of people are making decisions out of fear. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's like this doom and gloom because doom and gloom sells as well, right? And it's like it's that and, like, misery likes company. It's easier to make decisions out of fear. Mm. It's easier. It's like that um, just before the podcast I was uh, reading um, a blurb on uh, entropy and it's like that disorder. It's easy if you like align fear and disorder, I think it's easy for that to happen, and I think it's it's harder to catch when you're doing that. Mm. Yeah, I agree because the mind justifies, and it comes up with excuses. It can convince you of anything, and it'll convince you that you're not being fearful. You're being practical. You're not being fearful. You're being reasonable, mm -hmm. and until you have someone on the outside of that witness the behavior sometimes you can't identify that you're in a cycle of fear and you're being reactive and you're actually creating the very things that you don't want to happen 
and then trying your best to mitigate them with the same thing that produced them. It's it's really interesting. Mm. And a fear, you know, it taps, like in Star Wars and possibly in real life, that, you know, the fear taps the force just as much as yes. the opposite. And it can be really powerful, you know. Mm. It can be really powerful to be in fear. It can really drive uh, drive change, but is it positive change? Is the, mm. the it's interesting. Oh, sorry, we're all going to chime in at the same time here. I think, go for it, mate. Do you mind? To yeah, go, go, go. On that, that um, both are creative. That's what I find really interesting. That both are an idea in the future of how things might go. Do you know what I mean? Whether you decide to be optimistic. Or, or you're fearful. Like when we're at the summit, we watch people, you know, it's like 40, 50 people a day do the same activity. So you see the patterns, you see how it manifests, you see how it's justified. And, you know, a fear of heights, for example, a fear of falling, you can see how that stops people from being able to move. And they, they just can't, they can't put one foot in front of the other. And then they come up with a justification for why that, thing isn't for them or it's not there's no point in doing it and a lot of the time it's what if they have this thought of what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens and if that was to happen then i'd be really in trouble and then this and this and in that moment nothing's happening and one of the strategies i'll use is well use what if you know what if i fall and die what if i don't what if um, everyone laughs at me because i don't reach the bar what if i get the bar and everyone cheers my name. You know, you can you can do both, and it can be a really powerful strategy to play the what if game and finish it in a positive way. Um, but it's almost like I think Janesh led to it that we're conditioned for such a large proportion of our life that what if the negative that we get really good at it, and if no one teaches us to confront that and to challenge it, then we become masters of negativity, of as you said, the dark side. What are your thoughts, Janesh? I think it's um the when you make some time, depending on the circle you're in, you make some decisions uh, not in fear when there's a bunch of people around you, uh, it makes you look crazy because it's so common. And I know for myself, I've gone, oh, am I on the right track here? Because everyone's like, and they're, and it's not or not need not just negative Nancys, right? Like they have a logical, reasonable, rational like justification that that makes sense. But it's made out of fear. So I'm like, whoa. It's hard. It is like against the norm. It's against the grain. And you're like, it's easy to go to that one. And you're like, oh, I don't, yeah, that makes sense. And you look, I don't know when I say you look, I've definitely felt crazy. Or go like you're you're just off uh, off in the clouds, Janesh, um, because that yeah, will never work, nice. right? Um, and you're, it's not even that, that will never work. It's like now we're making a fear based decision. But at the same time, I've caught myself. What I oh, say? I got a question. What is the? How do you different differentiate the hedging your risk and and making a decision out of fear? So. In the last couple of weeks, I've noticed um, markets changing, right? Within 
within education, within coaching, within different different businesses, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm aware things are slightly changing and um, people are hesitant here and there and blah, blah, and, and, and voicing that and going, oh, how do you make a decision? Because that's, I would say, off a knee-jerk reaction that would be fear, but at the same time, if I didn't look at that, that would that be irresponsible? How do you differentiate hedging your bets uh, and being intelligent about something and making a decision out of fear? Because I don't know. Now that we say it, I'm thinking the last few weeks, I'm like, well, I've made quite a few decisions out of fear. But I'm like, oh. And in my head, I'm justifying it to myself saying, no, but this is logical, rational, and this, this, and this. And I go, if I didn't, and I steered a ship into an iceberg, when I'm noticing temperatures going down and there's going to be ice coming up, fuck, that's irresponsible. Yeah, but it's also irresponsible to never sail your ship because that's what ships are built for. Yeah, but if I'm sailing it away from this iceberg, mm. but but I'm making a a choice based on, say, the temperature, right? Mm. And temperature's getting colder. You know, oh, there's going to be an iceberg coming. Is that for your base? And how do you differentiate hedging and making good decisions based on the information you have? I feel That's like it's a, it's a good question. I feel like there's a feeling, there's a fear feeling. You know, when we talk about um, the symptoms of fear, you know, it's the fight, flight or freeze. And I think feeling into I'm in flight mode, I'm in fight mode, I'm in freeze mode. And, and, it's been, and, and that mode is being driven by fear not by not by something else mm. and yeah and and you know you think about the jedis back to star wars you know when they you've got you know the bad dudes that are using the force for evil um on the dark side and then you've got the jedis on the light side they both go to battle the same right they both fight each other. They both um, got a level of aggression. Is not the word that I want to use, but I'll use that word aggression because there's a better word. Um, determination and um, resilience and a, and a desire to win. But it's only the dark side that use fear to drive that. So, you know, I wonder whether you could go out in the boat when it's the weather's getting colder and you're worried about icebergs or you're thinking about icebergs, um, but not not make a decision to turn around based on fear. Yeah. The feeling that goes with it. Mm. I I think, yeah, I resonate with that. That um that it's you know, I think of flow and and flow is like the almost the the opposite it's a space of no thinking and performing r at a really high standard um whereas fear is prefrontal cortex right it's like 
it's thinking about possible scenarios that could happen in the future. And there's a balance there between making good decisions where you do weigh things up, you do use rational reason, you crunch the numbers, okay, you look at um, what are the risks, all of them, what are the ones I can mitigate and what are the ones that I've just got to trust that I've got the skill set to get through it maybe, you know, so you bring both components. But there's always going to be people that magnify the risk to stop you from doing it. Like, I, I don't have the answer, but all I know is, and it, it reinforces that point that you initially started the question with, which is people will tell you you're crazy. You know, yesterday I decided I'm only going to be here for a few more days. It's very cold. I'm going to embrace the cold. I'm going to, I'm going to go cold plunge. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to go up to mum and dad's pool. I'm going to, I'm going to have a cold, cold plunge. I'm in my jeans. I'm taking off my shirt. I'm getting into my bodies. Dad comes out. What are you doing? I'm going for a swim. It, what's wrong with you? You're crazy. You're actually insane. You're going to get a cold. You're going to get sick. Is that what you want? And he just goes back inside. And I'm just taking off my clothes, giggling to myself. I'm like, it's actually the opposite, Dad. Like, this should prevent me from getting cold, <laughs> believe it or not. And I, I go on and do my thing. And he's right. It was freezing. It was horrible. I did find moments of peace. Um. And I think that that kind of that sums it up, right? Like people see something that isn't normal, that isn't culturally what we condition, you know, comfort. I think comfort is number one in our society. Like we put this idea of comfort on a pedestal and, um, and, and safe. It's mm. safe, comfortable, and effective. <laughs> like mm. the three priorities that we have in Melbourne. So and, how would you say uh, what is the difference between playing it safe and uh, just playing it from a fearful state? Right? So I'm definitely will push that boundary personally, but I know people in my circles that go, you're just reckless. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just living. Uh, and they look at me and scoff. But it's like, no, 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 it's like I'm, I'm, I'm playing it safe. Their rationale is that they're playing it safe, which I do see I do see that end of it slightly, not fully, but slightly. I think the older I get, I see that a little bit more. I'm finding that, oh, am I in the clouds or do I play it safe and how do I find a bit more of playing it safe but is there a difference on playing it safe and playing things from a fearful state or is it the same thing there's a line what defines that line then you whether or not you can pull it off or not <laughs> if you crash and burn they'll all say you're on the wrong side of the line mate you should have pulled your head in a little bit too risk risky yeah, I don't. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? You've gone silent, and you're more wise and more. Nah, you're, you're 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 pulling it all <laughs> in, mate. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for this golden nugget to drop out. It's gonna come from Ben. I can sense it. <clears throat> As no, I, I think it's a really interesting, really interesting conversation. I just say I took my glasses off. That's that's when. It, okay. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> We're all leaning in. I know. Give us your wisdom. 
just do it one more time. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, what, were you, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it was too, you were too uh, in the gulf in your glasses moment. Um, um, so what's the, yeah, what's the difference? Between, what is the difference and is there a difference of playing it safe and playing it from a fearful state? Is there a difference? I know you said that feeling, but then the uh, people that rationale things and tell them like that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like they, they've got a really good feeling that, that they're playing it safe and this is the best decision they're making with, their, with the information they've got, with the experience that they've had, right? So their feeling is great. Yeah. They're not having this feeling of like a oh, I'm 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 hesitating. They're not having a hesitating feeling, right? So of that potential that fear-inducing decision. But what is there a difference? I think it's relative. I think what Maddie said is right. There, you know, there's a relativity to it that it's relative to the person and the environment and the circumstances. And um, I think, you know, kind of what you were saying before, there's a bit of hindsight that comes in, you know, like we, we, and people will judge us based on hindsight. You know, we go to do something and, and it doesn't work out and people go, oh, you were stupid. You see, you shouldn't have. And there's this hindsight that comes in and, and the judgment that, that, come, that comes around that. And our decision that we made may have been made purely out of logic and not fear-driven and, and in the time, the most sensible thing. What is for sure, I think, is that we live in a world that is impermanent. Everything is impermanent and things are going to go wrong. And I think embracing that we can make decisions not based out of fear, uh, based out of being relatively, based on our level of carefulness and calculations, based on our relative position, like the position I'm in now, you, we see this, you know, when it comes to investing, you know, once you kind of move into your late 50s, early 60s, it's time to go out of the aggressive aspect of the market, you know, for example, the stock market, and to move into more blue chip, right? But when you're young and there's plenty of time ahead of you, you can go in the more aggressive penny stock, you know, that have got a high fluctuations when you're younger. So it's all relative based on your circumstances, et cetera. So I think... Just recognizing that everything's relative and that and but for all of us, our situation is impermanent. Our best of best of best decisions still sometimes don't turn out. Life happens. Um, and then when it does happen, it's again, we've talked about this so many times on this podcast. It's the meaning we put to it. And do we put a meaning to it that drives more fear into us? Or less mm. Yeah. And if we put a meaning into it that drives more fear, then it's easier for fear to then drive our future decision-making. And that's tricky. It's tricky. Um, I think that the fact that we're human, we're going to experience fear. But does our does, does that, whilst we might experience it, do we let it become the majority? You know, when we, again, when I go back to Star Wars and many of these characters that, turn to the dark side there was this point of battle inside of them do i stay on the light side or the dark side and there were the, there was this battle that they kind of waged 
And for many, they had the battle and they went to the light side. And for many, they had the battle and they went to the dark side. And so um, do we uh, do we fertilise, do we water the fear seeds or do we water the other? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think um, just on that as well, that it's the making a decision to do something challenging moving out of the comfort zone activates fear. And then we use our reason, our rationale, that part of our brain to address the fear and then do it anyway. And that, and that's called alive. And yeah, you might fail. And when you fail, hopefully you don't die. You might, people will say you did it wrong, but what makes you feel the most alive? Because sitting at home in a warm house on a comfy chair is nice, but it's not nice every day. If you do that every single day and you never have a period of risk, of challenge, of adversity, that becomes a miserable grave. Like, it's horrible. Why is it, Matt, when you say that, why is it like when you do potentially fail and we all will fail at something at some point in time, the naysayers just come out. And they go, oh, yeah, see, I told you so. It's quite risky. And we know why. I would do that. And it, it shits me. Like, I I have no patience for that. And it, I will speak it, my mind and I've got myself in trouble and I hate it. And I'm like. I'll have you back there, man. I don't respectfully say it anymore. I say it. I like to think I say it a little bit better than what I'm about to say it. But I'm like, fucking, <laughs> you're not in the arena. So shut the fuck up. And you didn't take the shot. So either give me kudos and say, hey, pick yourself up. Don't give me I told you so because you didn't do you didn't have the shot. Right? So shut up. But that's the dark side coming out of you there. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's not fear based. That's love based. Guys. Just shut up. You're prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, that, feels, that feels fear based to me. That feels like the fear of people are judging me and am I good enough? Like am mm, I? You mm. know? Oh, they've, 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 you know, they've picked that scab of, at the time I thought I was good enough, but it didn't work out and, fuck, maybe I'm not good enough. And they're telling me I'm not good enough. They tell me I shouldn't have done it. They tell me that mm. I couldn't be And feeds the fear and the dark side comes out. Yeah, yeah. We get anger, we get frustration. Um. What would be the, what would, how would you do that differently? If it, the dark side wasn't to take hold, if there wasn't, if that your the conversation, the story in your head wasn't to be fear driven, when things don't work out and people go, Janesh, you dummy, you shouldn't have done that in the first place. How would you do it differently? Mate, I would channel my inner Ted Lasso. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, oh, on this binge, Apple TV, Ted Lasso, get Ooh. on it. Oh my God, it is epic. I will channel my inner Ted Lasso, right? It's Ted Lasso, this is. Uh, American soccer coach, no idea about soccer, goes over to uh, England and coaches. Sounds right. like you coaching. Uh, I know, I know. Um, but he genuinely will go, okay, great, thank you. Thanks for letting me know. And like, but not passive aggressive, like genuinely say that. So if I, if you say, how would you do that in a different way out of fear base? I'll be like, okay, great, thank you. And genuinely go, thank you for that comment. Like, so he goes through this town and Everyone's calling him Wanker, right? And he first he didn't understand what Wanker means, and then he finds out what Wanker means. And this old man goes past each day, he goes, 
hey, wanker. And he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Welcome. Like, uh, have a great day. And he just genuinely means it, right? He just doesn't let it affect him and but doesn't not engage either, which is which which is the art, which is a super art, like a bloody Dalai Lama art. That's right? a Jedi, mate. That's Jedi. That's yeah. That's Yoda. That's the, you know, that's the Jedi for sure. I I remember. Um, have any of you been bullied before? Has anyone here been bullied? You remember going yeah. back to school being bullied? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got bullied by. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say his name. He was a bully. <laughs> So Tom Caboni. Tom. There it we is. Love you, Tom. I dropped your name. I could have mm. masked you in no, that's not very nice. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I used to get bullied for many years when I was in years. Really, it was like kind of year three, year four, and then it stopped for a few years, and then year six, end of year six, year seven, year eight, it was on. And I remember asking for advice. I remember asking mum, no, not a good idea. Mum's advice was lovely. It was really beautiful. You know, I was like, you know, you're beautiful. Don't let them affect you. You know, if they, if they give you a hard time for big ears, tell them Mickey Mouse has big ears and he's famous. So, you know, something like that. That was not good. Because everything I used from mum ended up being more ammunition the bully would use against me, right? And he's committed. So he could... You know, next thing I know, I'm fucking Mickey Mouse. Great. Thanks, Mum. That was really helpful. Um, eventually, I realized that I need to ask for advice from someone who potentially is, as you said, Janesh, in the arena, someone who's been at school in the last 50 years who, who might be able to offer me some, some solid advice. And the advice I got, which didn't make sense, and, and it did later, was um, there's two things you can do. One destroy them absolutely destroy them so that they're terrified to ever come near you again and and it'll be over dark side or the light side is commit to ignoring everything they do everything no matter what they say you need to commit to not reacting at all and and I didn't fully understand the non-reacting part. I knew the mission, don't react. But I didn't understand why. And later I understood why. Because you can't bully someone who doesn't react. The whole reason to bully someone is for the reaction. It's like on a sunny day when you have a bucket full of water balloons, who do you want to throw the water balloon at? The guys who are jumping in and out of the pool or grandpa or maybe your uncle who's dressed up in his favourite clothes, who's full, you know, kicking back. You want to get the guy where you're going to get the biggest reaction. And so it worked. I gave him nothing. He picked on me. He pushed me. He teased me. He constantly called for my attention. And I wasn't very big physically. I was like, it was the only option I had. I just ignored him. He just disappeared in my consciousness and gave him nothing. And it worked. I starved mm -hmm. him out. And... I think that it's um, it's similar. It's like the real strength is in the the non-reaction. It's like if I really believe in my strength, my integrity, my belief, um, I'm going to pursue something that others think is foolish or unsafe. It's the reaction afterwards that has all the um, 
the truth in it, right? It's not what happens. It's how I respond after it happens. So if people say, oh, you're an idiot. Fucking why'd you do that? It's so easy to point that out after the fact once I've failed. Um, but it's in my reaction. If I don't react, then I am what I wanted to be and was hoping for as a result. I am already almost, you know what I mean? Mm, that's good. I, I love that. I, um, it, when I, I've coached kids in the past, I talk about um, the bully can't exist without the bullied. You, you have to be the bullied for the bully to exist. Mm. Um, and if you stop being the bullied, the bully disappears. Which is so hard to hear when you're being moment. bullied. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? To have someone yeah. say you're being a victim and you're actually creating this cycle. It's like I remember hearing that and it's just so painful to hear, but it's also true. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like, it's the only way to create change. Can I stop him physically from beating me? No, he's stronger. Where is the Jedi in me? It's to use my mind to create a situation which breaks this dynamic. And, and that's where you take control and you become the, the victor. Mm. I've, got, I've got a question for you both and I'm aware of time, and, but I'm going to ask this question anyway because it may just open up a can of worms, a good can of worms. Do we, I'm going to ask it and then I'll answer my version of it. Do we need both, right? Do we need this notion of duality? Do you need a dark side in you as well, right? Like, um, yeah, do you, do you need it? And I'm thinking of times in my life where I now in hindsight perceive that Yes, I have used that dark side and it's been to my benefit. Yeah, of course. Um, is, it, is this notion of this yin and yang? Like, is it always going to be there and we just, we're aware of it and we choose when to use it? Or, did, or is it just black and white? It's just one or the other. Um, I truly believe there is both in everyone, um, in myself as well. That's why. Um, that's just yourself, mate, yeah, for- right. Yeah, I'll speak for myself on that one. But like the, um, but that's why that inspired the tattoo, right, on my back, where there's um, there's a set of wings, but it starts off at a set of demon wings, and then it goes into angel wings, right? There's there's, there's two, there's always two sides of us, right? There's not just one side. So, what's your thoughts? Is it one or the other, or do we need to have both? With one, the other one, to have one, you must have the other one, otherwise it. The other one can't exist. What do you think, mate? Yeah, I think they both exist simultaneously, but you get to decide which one you embody. And when I'm walking on a cliff, I fear I might fall and then I choose how to behave accordingly, right? Like when I'm jumping off a cliff, my natural instinct is fear, is, oh, my God, I shouldn't do this, and then... I use, I make the decision. I hopefully make a calculated one. I use my brain. I use my instincts and then I, I act. And so when it comes to good and evil, you know, the dark and the light, um, often, yeah, you can't have one without the other. I agree. You need contrast. Um, yin and yang, there's the little bit of darkness inside the white. Um, you know, in 
the white, there's a little bit of darkness, you know. I think that rings true in Star Wars too, bring it back, you know, that final scene with um, Luke Skywalker and um, Darth Vader, who was Anakin Skywalker at the very beginning, um, he actually lets his son live. He doesn't, you know, he lets him go. There's a, a process there where there's a tiny bit of good, even in Darth Vader, the possibly the most evil um, person in that trilogy times three. Um, I think that's true. You get to decide which aspect of this human condition, the, the fear-based part or the love-based, the evil part or the good part, you get to manifest, you get to bring out. And I think it's a choice every second of every day. You know, there's always an example or a situation where I can act out of fear and anger and maliciousness or I can do the right thing. And, yeah, I think it's an ongoing choice. Ben? It's good, Matty. I really like your cliff example because you can walk along the edge of the cliff and experience the fear of falling and and then get pissed off. Why have the council not put up a fence? Yeah. What idiot, you know? I'm going to ride into the council and complain. And you could do all that, fear-driven and anger and frustration, or you could walk along the edge of the cliff, experience the fear, move away from the cliff, and just recognise the beauty of the cliff and the crashing waves below and 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 calibrate your distance from the edge of the cliff to what feels like a safe relative for you distance and and not not be in fear around it. You know, I think there's there's, there's that option that exists there and which one then brings more joy, um, not just in the moment but in an hour's time or five hours' time or tomorrow. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think, I think both do exist. And it, as you said, Maddie, it's you and you, Janesh, as well, you know, which one do you fertilize when that, when the, when the moment happens, which, which path do you go down the fear path or the love path? Um, but it's tricky. And like most of the time, you probably fuck it up. Yeah. I think. I think that's a good point. And I think that taps back into the fear is that we're more scared of fucking it up than doing things that scare us. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we're so worried about that. This goes mm. back to what we said, I think, in the last episode. We're so worried on getting an opinion wrong that we don't stand for anything. It's like this is that fear-based, dark side-based kind of thinking. Like, oh, it's like that analysis paralysis. There's so much going on. Um, nah, nah, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to play it safe and not going to do anything. And I'm going to make. I'm going to tell myself the story on why that is the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, it's hard because it doesn't. For those people making those decisions at that, like that far down the line, it doesn't feel like fear to them anymore. Mm, I this this is one of my favorite quotes, and I've been sort of saying it for the last 15, 20 years. And I, I learned this from um, a guy at university. He was my lecturer. I absolutely admire this man. He was, his name is Paul Callery. He used to play for um, St Kilda and he was our um, sports psychologist teacher. And he used to say, um, on the other side of fear is freedom. And I remember I heard this. And it resonated with me so much and really sort of changed the trajectory of my life. It gave me something to 
um, some way of understanding this concept and and it it really helps me make a lot of choices it's like on the other side of whatever I'm fearful now will be a sense of freedom and with freedom comes peace and and that helps me guide decisions because if you're in a fearful space and you take no action you stay there and that's debilitating it's like constantly having these anxious negative thoughts um so you know back to your question of whether you take the boat out or not it's like if i can't stop thinking about it then i should probably do something you know and for me often it is move towards the thing you're scared of and there's a period of release there's freedom on the other side and that's that's worth moving towards even if it means i fail and i have a bunch of naysayers in my ear saying i told you so Mm. Mm. It's good, mate. Good, uh, good session today, boys. Yeah, very good. What would be your one-liner, one-liner takeaway? Well, there's been lots of gold, and I know the last few comments that we've made have been great s- summaries. But one-liner, mate. Well, I'm going to start. Go. May the force be with you, and you get to choose. How you use it. Dinesh. Mm. Mm. I had um, a big monologue there before. I'm searching my wall for um, inspiration. Um we we ha- we all have both sides in us. Mm. That's my that's my takeaway. Um. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, what do you want to? I've got one for you, Maddie. Go on, give it to me. Don't eat yellow snow. Totally <laughs> irrelevant, but a good one. Yeah, that's helpful. I I can, I can probably spin that in a way that becomes relevant. <laughs> Go for it. Go. Go. Give us. Give us your one liner. Um. No, I can't. No, <laughs> I, I talked myself up. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a really good topic to discuss with friends, family. You know, become intimate with it because it's there. You talking about the yellow snow quote or the both? Both not. about yellow snow. Find out if anyone in your family or friends has eaten yellow snow, and and also yeah, discussing this stuff. You know, like with your partner. Um, because you, as you said, Janesh, you know, you've decided that we both we're both capable of of both these. Um, so having conversations around it could only help, right? Because mm. mm-hmm. then you're forced into a place where you choose what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the light side is the more free space, less taxing uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. When you decide to act out of light. Good stuff, guys. Oh, good chat. As always, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Good on you, boys. See you soon. Au revoir. See you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you like this episode and want to know more and hear other episodes, head over to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out. And if you want to say hello, 
tell us a joke or ask us a question, send us an email at hello at lifelonglearnerpodcast.com. Thanks again.